Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which resort is the Supreme Resort. Today, we have a very special 4th of July release. We will not be arguing which is better, land or world, but rather, what is the most patriotic thing Disney has ever done? Joining me today to celebrate America is Dan from Dan Hates the Beatles. Hi, I'm Dan. I hate the Beatles, but I love patriotism. Hey. And uh, Eric from Concierge. Hey, everybody. Hi. And we have a very special guest with us today. You know him as the host of the Sweep Spot podcast, wherever you find podcasts, and co-author of the book, Cleaning the Kingdom, Insider Tales of Keeping Walt's Dream Spotless, and the follow-up book, Cleaning the Kingdom, Night, Day, Past, and Present. We are very excited to have him. Mr. Lynn Barron. Hi, Lynn. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. How do you feel about America? I love America. Yeah. Patriotism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lynn. I grew up in Southern California. Went to Disneyland pretty much my whole life, you know, with family. And mm-hmm. as a teenager, was a pass holder first time in 88. And Whoa. then before it was uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Before everyone had one. And then, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, what was the, oh, and then I, I worked for Disney on the first time in 91 to 93 at the Plaza Inn and Plaza mm-hmm. restaurant. And then I had left and came back in 1998 and stayed until 2007 in custodial. Yeah. I just missed you. Cause I was there in uh, 97 and uh, worked really guest control. I worked the opening of Light Magic mm-hmm. and mostly Fantasmic, that kind of thing. And then I did a little stint at Disneyland Paris, and uh, that was all. But uh, I loved it. So, um, so now I, I have a question. I, I'm listening to your podcast, and I'm from Salt Lake City, and Utahns have a very distinct dialect. And <laughs> I, I text Eric. I was like, "He's from Utah, isn't he?" <laughs> I could just hear it. But then you say Southern California. So, did you? Were you? Born in Utah and moved to California? No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe I adapted something. I've been here. I've only been here, what, 12, 13 years? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I grew up in, in Long Beach, California. Very cool. So um, how how difficult is it to write a book? Because these books are fascinating. But is it a long, challenging process? You know, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, but it definitely was a lot of work. Um Luckily, I had Ken, who has a lot of writing experience. That's what he does for mm-hmm. me. He does a lot of writing. And uh, so I kind of had him to help guide me along. But at the same time, um, of course, I had to try. The hardest thing was trying to remember all the things that happened when I worked there. Because mm-hmm. uh, at that point, it had been maybe 10 years since I had left, mm-hmm. something like that. And so I was trying to remember all these stories. And I wish I had written them down because there's probably a lot more that just didn't get in the book (laughs) yeah i'm sure um so uh everybody should check out these books by the way they're really really good reads uh look out for chapter five in the first book if you're a little squeamish not not the chapter for you but there's a lot of warnings in the book um so what what was the moment or moments or series of moments that made you fall in love with the disney parks i think Going as a, I think when I was a teenager, my friend George and I used to go and we tried to figure out like how the rides were made and the map it. We would get home and we'd like map out the track, 
like mm-hmm. how we thought it went. We were just really nerdy, but <laughs> <laughs> that was early days. That was, I'm talking like 84, you know? So yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. But you're, you're, you're in good company uh, as far as being Disney parks nerds. So you, you cannot say anything nerdy enough. All right. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, all right. My next question, have you been, uh, to any other, obviously you've been at DCA and, and Disneyland. And I think maybe, uh, in the book you were, Ken was saying something about, uh, trips to Disney world as well. I've been there once on my honeymoon in 1999. Mm. That was the last time okay. I was there. I think test track was like, the latest thing when we went yeah i think it opened in 99 yeah hey, speaking of honeymoons jimmy do you know anyone that got married at disney world well i'm glad you mentioned that because i got married at disney world oh awesome. <laughs> at the wedding pavilion wow yep it, evidently it comes up a lot um but we honeymooned in, at disneyland paris which by the way is the best disney theme park on the planet i hear that yeah. uh, in my opinion so well, uh, now what is your favorite <laughs> Have you been there? No, but but I can't judge it. But from what I've heard, but Disneyland will always be the best. So, well, then I guess uh, there we I go. Don't, I don't have to ask the next question. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Podcast uh, is over, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you which is better, Disneyland or Disney World? <laughs> Without a doubt, Disneyland. Now, now let me now okay. let me clear this up because I know you probably have a lot of Walt Disney. They're like, forget this guy. But I, <laughs> Disney World has a lot to offer, and it's but but and it's bigger has has more, definitely more acres. It was ridiculous when we drove in. I thought, where is it? Yeah. But but I will say this: that Disneyland has charm. You could fill Walt when you're there, and yeah has the history which adds to it now i know walt disney world has some you know but i don't know there's just something about i just didn't feel it when i was there mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah there's something to that you're absolutely right mm-hmm. and so much so that it's almost like anything that walt disney was involved with directly mm-hmm. it feels like cheating because you know it's obviously going to be better because walt touched it so it became kind of like a trump card so at the outset of the show we kind of decided to keep the Walt touched it part and keep the size out of the conversation, mm-hmm. but inevitably, you know, it's hard not to, we're trying to be as objective as we can. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So now, uh, Lynn is here to help us identify what is the most patriotic thing Disney has ever done. Okay. So we all have ideas. Uh, Lynn is going to share his idea. So what do you think is the most patriotic thing Disney's ever done or just one of your favorites? Yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. I <clears throat> I didn't really think about what was what was the most. Um I don't know what the most is. I have to think about no, that. No, that's part. okay. But, just, but one of your favorites. <laughs> you just do what I do on the show all the time and pretend that you think it's the most. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is the most. <laughs> um and I think because I grew up in the eighties and 70s 80s is i picked america sings in disneyland that's a good one and i think that it was well it was made for one specific reason was to help celebrate the bicentennial in 1976 
You can't get you know right. more patriotic than that. It's uh, a good point. But, <laughs> so, did you want me to go like tell a little bit about it, or? Yeah, tell us what you tell us what you know. Okay. So, America Sings. They had the bicentennial coming up in 1976, and it opened up early. It opened up in uh, June 74. And where where it went was the Carousel of Progress was in the Carousel Theater in Tomorrowland, and that moved in '73 to Walt Disney World, and so that's where they put it. They used the same stage, same setup right. as uh, you know Carousel of Progress, uh, except it turned the opposite direction. For some reason, they changed the direction. Huh. I don't know why. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Because it's, um, it's east of the east of the what is it the the oh, Great Divide and things oh. turn opposite ways. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Have you well, ever no. flushed a toilet? And, That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so I'm sure everyone's familiar with the carousel progress and the way the stage is set up, where the audience moves around the stage and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they had six different parts to this. Um, different scenes, and they used actually 114 animatronics, which was wow. the most up to that point, even more than pirates. Um, so the whole thing was like a salute to American music, mm-hmm. starting in the you know very beginning. They were singing Yankee Doodle, mm-hmm. and and at that time with like some like 70s rock kind of, music. yeah, yeah. It was a 24-minute show, and there was probably about three dozen classic American songs that were in it, and it wasn't humans. They were uh, animals that that um, were the, the actors, the characters in the, in the show, and Sam the Eagle was mm-hmm. kind of the – kind of like the narrator. He was in every scene that would introduce in between – and it was yeah, not to be confused with Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but this Sam the Eagle, if you're familiar with the '84 Olympics, was uh, mm-hmm. had that same exact look. I think Disney created that Sam the Eagle for the Olympics. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So okay. Oh, and then Burl Ives played mm-hmm. Sam the Eagle voice. Um, had some other like Betty Taylor, who was in the Golden Horseshoe. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, oh, and then Mark Davis, of course, you know who he is, um, you know, designed all the characters and drew it up. It's a very uh, big part in in the show. And it was an E ticket when it first opened and later went down to a D. So that's that's kind of the basics of the show. Yeah. So dare I ask this question and feel free to cut it out if, if I shouldn't. But so all of those characters then moved to Splash Mountain. And this, um, the, in fact, the previous episode, not all of them, but most of them, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, we actually just did an episode of Splash Mountain. And it was all very coincidental. Had nothing to do with <laughs> current events because we recorded it in like May or something. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts of the Princess and the Frog overlay or redo? So I've had time to think about this because my first reaction was, no, no, you know, and <laughs> and I was kind of upset about it, and I thought, what are they doing this for? And it just seemed like weird timing, and 
I just, I don't know. But then I thought about it more and I found out more information and that they had kind of had this plan for a while. I thought they were just trying to do it to kind of appease to the time that we're in right, right now. But it said like they've been planning it for a year, right? Yeah. So I was very surprised. So that's cool. And I, and I like that movie. It definitely deserves some sort of presence in the park. I just wish it didn't have to be Splash Mountain, but I kind of get it. Yeah. They kind of want to dis, you know, they don't want to be attached to that movie. And it's too bad because I think there's some really beautiful parts in the animation and the way it was done, that movie. Yeah, totally. It was just and it's another princess. Right. So oh, I was and talking her- about uh, Song of the South. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were no. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I was thinking of Princess. Wait, was there a Princess? <laughs> Wait. Rare Princess. Uncle Remus is a Princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a good movie, right? I mean, there's just some parts right. that they didn't. So, anyhow, I I think it'll be fine. I think they'll do a great job. Tony Baxter is an advisor on it now. So oh, cool. I think that's great. That it's helpful. Yeah. Awesome. So, do you have anything else you want to share on America Sings before? before you go or maybe if you have a few more minutes yeah we had mentioned uh splash mountain so they the first thing to go was that there was four geese i believe that were singing Mm -hmm. uh and they moved i think at first they moved one Mm -hmm. over to star tours that's right oh yeah and you could still see him in the in the queue there i think he's the one that's talking to you as you he scans you Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah, it's a long neck. So yeah, they moved over the Star Tours, and so actually, you can see footage on YouTube. There's some shows with uh, with four, and then there's some with three. So you can see why. They- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the show still I wonder- was running at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still running. <laughs> so they just like walk up while the show's playing, unplug it, <laughs> yeah. put it on a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> Like or just, enjoy the show guys <laughs> pop goes like the weasel <laughs> or it just fell off like john's hand from carousel of progress oh, yeah. <laughs> and then zoink takes that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh right if i do <laughs> it it closed so it closed in uh april 1988 and you know splash mountain opened what was it june 89 july 89 so yeah uh, so that building became, so now I'll tell my little like behind the scenes, uh, that building became offices for hmm. a while and they did training. Like they kind of kept some of the, um, the theater part of it. Cause I went in there for some training, uh, when I was there in the early nineties and it's that empty from 88 till 98. Yeah. Like, uh, innoventions moved in there. Right. I remember that opening. And, and and it still rotated, right? The interventions thing. And yeah. depending on which door you walk in, it's a different experience or something. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, hang hang your coat on that chicken over there. We're going to talk about your HR uh, paperwork. Here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so so uh, it, it's uh, then it turned to, of course, turned to launch, uh, launch mm-hmm. Star Wars. Can't get enough Star Wars in Tomorrowland, right? No, that's a whole nother show to discuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So um, anything else on America Sings? Mm, not that I could think of. No. Well, you make a compelling argument for it being 
amongst the most patriotic. It was done for the bicentennial. Mm-hmm. Sam Eagle. I mean, there's a, and you know, it's legacy carries on today. Um, so do you have a few minutes? I, I ask you a couple yeah. of questions. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire for you. Okay. All right. Which is better, which is more patriotic great moments with Mr. Lincoln or the hall of presidents. Well, there's more than one president, right? So True. it has to be more patriotic. There you go. There's, <laughs> that's a reasonable <laughs> statement. Right. Uh, which is more patriotic, the uh, Main Street Electrical Parade or the water pageant that plays on Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon every night? I've never seen that, but I've heard about it. Uh, I'm going to – well, just it's – what's the title of it? Pageant? Pageantry. It's, it's the water pageant. I forget the uh, – Eric, do you remember the full water name? pageant, yeah. Electric water pageant. It's effectively the same thing, just on but water. But Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say electrical parade because I'm not familiar with that. that okay. <laughs> um, is it true that the that Tom Sawyer's Island is officially annexed in the state of Missouri? That is false. Oh, what? Man. Mind blown. How come I keep reading that it's true? Uh, well, I don't know. I've read different. I've read two different sides of it, but uh, the sources that I read that said it isn't is are more reliable i'm not going to give understood names, but we've had him on our show a lot okay um, <laughs> I'll have to catch up on the library of nine oh, years. is that was that debunked <laughs> by jim yes <laughs> oh okay well I'll, I'll take his word is that jim hill <laughs> jim corcus jim yeah. corcus oh cool you didn't yeah. say it lynn you're good dog yeah um <laughs> one of the most patriotic things i think disney does is the flag ceremony Every mm. every day, right? Can you speak to that? You must have seen your hand, uh, your fair share, right? Oh yeah. Uh, can you explain can I, that history? Uh, explain what what it is, or I have a story to go with it. All of the above. Okay, so the flag retreat takes place at like dusk, like before it gets dark. Usually, it seems like it's like what five or six somewhere in there. Seems like and, it, yeah. And they so they've done it different over the years. They've had they usually have a band or they've done it with the Dapper Dan's um, singing um, God bless America or, you know, a patriotic song. And uh, of course the star spangled banner and they bring down the flag and they fold it and they have security guards and they do it real official and there's a crowd and, and they walk it backstage. Mm-hmm. That's it. But um, they have had like where they get veterans that they, I don't mm-hmm. know if, how they pre like how soon I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it done, but I know that they try to get veterans to be involved in the ceremony as well. Right. Yeah. That's, it's really cool. And, and uh, before you continue with your story, um, yeah, yeah. another patriotic thing about Disneyland and magic kingdom and maybe some of the other parks is all of the American flags all throughout main street on all the roofs and everything else, but they're not actually American flags. Is that right? What? I mean, well, so, <clears throat> um, they're, they're all, they all look like American flags, but they don't all have 50 stars or oh, one of yeah, them yeah, yeah. All stripes or something like that. So they don't have to retreat them every day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, doesn't it also represent like that time area, what Main Street's supposed to be? Mm, that makes I, sense. I think so. Yeah. The amount of stars. At that um, time, which was what, like turn of the century? Oh, interesting. That makes even more sense. I'll try oh, yeah. to get back to Main Street. I, we do a past show correction. So they're not current show. flags. 
They're what? So they're not current flags. So they like don't right. count. So like the rule still applies, mm-hmm. but for the reasons of theming and historical accuracy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get my facts straight next time I ask questions. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so you have a story. Okay. So it's kind of a patriotic story. So, and this, this will be good for the show. I just thought of it. Um, and I think I've told it before it's in the book, but, uh, 9-11 happened. And of course, you know, that unfortunately events like that sometimes bring our country together and become mm-hmm. more patriotic. Um, and so that happened, they closed Disneyland that morning mm-hmm. and, I was supposed to work that day and they called me and said, do you want to come in and do just do some, cause there's always cleaning to be done. And the reason they gave that option was that some people lived alone or didn't have anyone at home and they wanted someone, they wanted you to be able to, you know, be with people cause everyone is kind of sad that day. And right. so I said, no, they said, but you'll get paid if you don't. So I just said, I'll stay home with my wife. So I stayed home. Mm-hmm. But the next thing, I don't think it was the next day. I think it was like two days later. They, they um, had a moment of silence on Main Street. And it was at, I think it was like 11 or 12. I think it was 12 noon. That makes sense. But I was working restrooms that day. And I was at the city hall there on uh, Town Square. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I stood there on the porch and they had, uh, like they were doing a flag retreat. Um, but it was just a, a ceremony to have a moment of silence. And mm. they they did that and they turned off all the music in the park. And I heard that even all the attractions, because I was on Main Street, I didn't know what was happening in the other areas, but I had heard that everything had shut down wow. momentarily for that moment. So, so like the yeah, whole park was still. Yeah, yeah. Just it's crazy. Really, I don't even know the words to describe it, but um, very emotional. And so then they played God Bless America, and mm-hmm. it was, yeah. That's, That's on the list of one of the most patriotic things Disney's ever done. <laughs> Definitely. Got to be on the list. Sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I have a question regarding the music in general, and I'm sure you've been asked this so many times that it's, you're tired of hearing it, but um, <laughs> is it true that they keep, the music on for things or sound on for things, even when uh, the park is closed. I've heard something some, to that effect. Some of the things they do, like uh, Snow White's wishing well over there where she's singing. That, mm-hmm. That's on all the time. Like you could hear that when everything else is quiet, you could hear that over by Splash Mountain. So. <laughs> huh. It's crazy. So they just like can't find the switch for that or. <laughs> yeah. <they're> very <laughs> Now, I don't know why they, why they choose to do that because uh, the area music was turned off like in Frontierland to different places. Yeah, yeah. And then Main Street. I, I, you know what? They do turn most of it off, I think. Mm. Maybe, the, maybe the statue's haunted. It probably Ooh. is. Or maybe it's a tribute to Walt because like that was his first movie. Or maybe, yeah. Film and it's yeah. Snow White and you know, like the light over the firehouse, right? That makes yeah, sense. that's true. I never thought of that. I'd like to find that out now that we're talking yeah. about it. You have an assignment for next time you come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Any, any other questions, guys, for, for Lynn? I have a question kind of continuing in the theme of questioning that you were going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's What, Lynn, in, in your mind is more patriotic between corndog and turkey leg? Ooh. 
You got to go with the corn dog. All right. 100%. Yep. It's fried, yep. baby. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, can you tell us something from your experience, and, and then we'll let you go. Um, uh, from your experience, something you can tell us that's really cool being Disney nerds, Disneyland nerds, that, that I can't read in your book or books. Is there something I'm putting on the spot, but is there something you can share with us? Maybe it's even in the book, but um, I, I nerd out with me. Okay. Um, well, there's that, there's this uh, myth because people always get, get it confused. Yeah. There's tunnels under Disneyland when it's really, I, I think they're mistaking for Walt Disney world. Right. For the Utilidors. Yeah. Right. There are tunnels, but there's right. one, two, not really a tunnel under Fantasyland, but it is a basement. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's one under Tomorrowland that goes on the backside of the Carousel Theater we were talking about, over to the Tomorrowland Terrace stage that goes up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep, over there. Now, and was that was that created uh, during the redo in the late '90s, or was that always there? Uh, I think it was in the yeah the '67 uh, oh, okay. Tomorrowland, yeah. Now, I always heard that under Fantasyland, there was like a Disneyland jail or something. That's <laughs> got to be not true, right? No. I mean, okay. there might, but I, I didn't, I've never seen one, and I've been down there many times. Yeah. Do I have your permission to continue believing that there is one? Yeah. <laughs> there is one. Um, That's what your mom told you to keep you in line, Dan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So this, I'm maybe left turn a little bit and forgive me. Um, so being custodial, okay. You're, you're sort of have more interaction with guests than virtually anybody else. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're front, you're frontline, you're out on the streets and Mm -hmm. you're doing the thing. Um, we all saw that kind of interesting thing in Toontown and it was custodial that was first on the scene. Right. Yeah. that's a lot of pressure to like, you know, to, for one person to try to intervene for the safety of others. Uh, Did you ever have to do anything like that or, or break things up like that? That wasn't caught on camera. No. And I I don't know if I would have done that what he did, but right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But but no, I have called security for things, but I I wasn't like in the middle of that or, or had, didn't have any involvement in it, but. Mm-hmm. There was a fight in Small World Line because I don't know if someone, I don't know the reason, but they were yelling and um, so I called security and they were there like in seconds. But. Wow. Yeah. Well, so that was the other thing that kind of surprised me because Team Disney's right there, right? And Team yeah. took them forever to show up. Somebody dropped the ball there, I think, because yeah. there's always security either in Toontown or right there in front of small, like in that area by the theater mm-hmm. and small world over there. So I don't know what happened. Um, if, if they came from backstage, it could have taken a while. Right. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. because they don't hang out at like TDA back there. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's more, I mean, there is one back there, but they're at like ball gate or whatever. So mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. I, I think unless Eric, do you have any questions? Uh, no, no, not really. Well, in the interest of your time, Lynn, we really appreciate you coming on. We're going to continue on and, and make our cases, but I, I didn't want to bog you down for the next hour on <laughs> what we think is the most patriotic thing. But America's <laughs> will be in the conversation. We will let you know if it becomes the most patriotic thing Disney's ever done. Uh, cool. 
Well, thanks for having me, guys. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, please go check out uh, Lynn's books and his his podcast, Nine Years of History, on that podcast. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we're almost on. Yeah, we'll be 10 next year. Wow. Oh, so how has it been? Because you guys never record together, right? It's always sort of remote. Yeah, we've never. We, we tried a few little things at Disneyland once, but it felt mm-hmm. super awkward. But I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so really with the COVID and everything else, your, your podcasting life hasn't really changed. No, not yeah. at all. Well, it's a great, great show. If if you like Disneyland even a little bit, you'll find something that is fascinating, interesting, unique, and, um, and there's a lot of content, a lot of interesting stuff. And then Cleaning the Kingdom, both Cleaning the Kingdom's insider tales of keeping Walt's dream spotless and the follow-up, Night, Day, Past, and Present. Lynn Barron, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Well, that was really cool, guys. Lynn's a good dude. Yeah. 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 Excellent stuff. Yeah. I appreciate Such an interesting that perspective too. Like, you, you know, you're saying boots on the ground, but this is totally boots on the ground. Yeah. Probably sees more than anyone right. sees. Or so, has yeah. seen, I guess he doesn't work there anymore. Right. But, but right. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. Years of that story. Position, you know, totally. And I could have, I could literally have just asked some questions for the next three hours. Like people like that who are, in, you know, interesting, have a lot of experience. I just want to pick their brains and just be a nerd. Well, you know, Jimmy, you can listen to his podcast. I know, but that's not me asking him my <laughs> follow-up questions. Oh, okay. maybe now Got you it. can pretend. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're buddies, I can listen to a show and then call him after and say, hey, <laughs> what did you mean by that? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. So America Sings is in the ring. Okay. Now, technically that came after the centennial celebration or was that before? No, I guess America, American journey. It's the same time, right? Yeah, it was or, the same time, but I'm trying to go in, in chronological order, but technically oh, America, the beautiful came. Before yeah, American but I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. real enthused about that thing. So let's pretend that my actual, well, no, my actual submission is American journeys, which was released in 1984. Okay. And so, so that means that Eric would be next with, America on Parade. Ooh, tell us all about it. Okay. Uh, So we've already heard about how Disney was really pulling out all the stops when it came to America's Bicentennial. Mm -hmm. Did I say Disney pulled out all the stops or did I say America pulled out all the stops? Both. America and Disney both pulled out all the stops. Yes. All the stops were pulled. (laughs) There were none left for Um, Disney. Right, right. Oh, no, no. Disney found more stops. Okay. They found more. Um, so one, one that's kind of fascinated me ever since I first heard about it was America on parade. It was a mega parade, like the first mega parade, the first half hour event standing along the streets of, of both parks. Um, it it could not be contained in just one theme park or just one year. So, uh, it, it, it expanded, it, it, sort of exploded onto the scene and and had to be held on both coasts in exactly the same format at exactly the same time it's it's amazing um so really you're saying these were simultaneously occurring yes so this was the entirety of disney's advertising blitz like the bicentennial was was everything that disney was about at the time Mm -hmm. and this started i mean it started in 74 really when 
when America Sings opened up, but they really made it a big push in 75 when the parade came out. Uh, and this con- continued through 1976. So um, at a time when there's only two parks and there's not a lot of advertising going on, suddenly Disney is making a huge deal out of it saying, what's more American than us? Yeah, They have <laughs> books, they have records, they have uh, every bit of merchandising un- under the sun that's all about this parade and what Disney is doing at the time. And I hadn't even thought about it, Eric, that there were only two theme parks at the time. I didn't, or at least domestic theme parks, right? Oh, maybe all. Cause no, uh, in, completely. In yeah. And now did they do like they do now where they have a celebrate, like their 50th anniversary at Disney world is going to last for like 26 months. <laughs> did, <laughs> did, oh, well, yeah. Did it, the parade end in like the year of a million dreams? Exactly. <laughs> it's more like the decade of a million dreams. Um, but did they end in 76 or did they carry on to 77? I believe it went on into 77. There you just, go. just a little bit. Just on brand. You know. Well, and I, I watched a little bit of the the, the special for, for this. It's, it's on YouTube. And um, it makes it seem as though, oh, wait, it could be another year. But anyway, they, there's there's a YouTube, there's a special YouTube internet um, <laughs> that makes it seem like the parade is like a day long. And I'll I'll try to find what it is and I'll post it on the group. Um, yeah, you but, have to watch this this special in its entirety. I, I've got a tiny bit of the intro to play here, but it's it's something. It, there's there's none of the parade in the special, by the way. Oh, okay, so it's a different me. year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, the, it must have been '89 uh, is the one I'm. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm look at the group, Facebook group, uh, Supreme Resort group. Supreme Resort. Uh, okay. <laughs> Because you've watched you've watched multiple specials here, but we're talking about the special starring Red Skelton, right? Spon- sponsored by Monsanto before mm. they were evil. <laughs> you mean or this one? We knew they were evil. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah it's a great great musical intro lots of people dancing kind of fast run dancing around the park and mm-hmm. in formations and yep very oh, long yeah. musical numbers with very enthusiastic teenagers <laughs> yes is there any other way Skill, skillfully blending in the themes from uh, now is the time which was mm. the, now the, the second time. song now is the from Mm-hmm. that's the rca space mountain song no 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 that's from uh, carousel of progress after they they did an update right. yeah oh so you that... wanted the the more the more current song they wanted you to focus on how great things are now instead of look to the future oh so that's why in the, i said i didn't make that connection in the special they keep coming back to this tag of like, this is the best time of your life or whatever. I'm like, this yeah, is that's, that's it. Which is, that was like the, wasn't that slogan for GE at some point? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they, well, had then, it, then it changed to, we bring good things to life. Right. And, uh, also written by the Sherman brothers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. And then went back to the great, big, beautiful tomorrow for the Disney world thing. Wow. Right. Yeah. So the, I mean, the Sherman brothers weren't working for Disney at this time, but they had recently redone the song for the Carousel of Progress uh, when it moved mm-hmm. over to Walt Disney World. 
um, like Lynn said in 73, that's when that happened. Um, and uh, the Sherman Brothers did come in and write a new song for the parade itself called The Glorious Fourth. Ooh. <laughs> now, if I had thought ahead, I would have had that ready as a cue. <laughs> no, I'm ready to play some of it. For it. But as I'm saying it, we can, we'll add it in post. And Perfect. here it is. That was really nice. That was a song. That's great. No. You were there. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not going to add it in for sure. No. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that song isn't going to last for 30 minutes. The Sherman Brothers don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the what other song is can you associate? What, what song can last for an entire parade? It's a small world. They've are, well, mm. Yeah, you could go that route. I'm thinking more of a down. Oh. Ooh. So the concept for the rest of the music for the parade was based off of Baroque hoedown, that, that concept of we need, we need a theme that can keep going. Mm-hmm. So um, Don Dorsey uh, came in. This is his first uh, dalliance with, with Disney. Oh, I didn't intend to use that many Ds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the alliteration. Right. Uh, he came in and and designed this this ongoing theme of patriotic music, um, a whole bunch of songs stitched together, uh, but run through an antique band organ that was built in 1890 uh, oh. and then mixed with synthesizers similar to Baroque Hoedown. Dan loves a synthesizer. Well, and I I'm just I'm nerding out here because. This is like early DJ stuff where like the drum machine saved DJs because uh, they were able to just like put on this thing that they couldn't like just put other things over. So basically like this is that same idea where it's like, here's this piece of music that we could just have repeat and it will and it will adapt slightly, but mostly we're going to adapt other things to it to like fit the key signature or whatever to. Yeah. That's me nerding out. There you go. So is this there the band? Go. Is this the band organ corner. thing that you're talking about? <laughs> there you go. Just continue, just continuing blending all these these classic American songs together. Um, Dorsey was also instrumental in designing the the first uh, coordination of music and floats as they wa- as they rode through the park. Um, he developed that that system where some of the music is coming from the floats, other music is coming from the speakers. Mm. He's timing it all out while watching the parade over and over again. Um, but he continued to do that work with Disney for many years and his system, his system has obviously improved since then, but they're still using versions of the, the work that he, he has done for them. Um, well, yeah, cause the system, their parades. as far as I understand, the system is super like adaptable and very like, it, it's just FM radio, right? That's what they were using for a while. I'm not a hundred percent that they're they're still using that radio signal because mm-hmm. i know it's been different things over the years like there were wires embedded in in the in the street and things like that right. to, to send out a signal uh they've done a few things over the years it, it's probably all computerized now right yeah sure i don't know i don't know 
But anyways, oh, a few of the, the tunes in the parade, um, Yankee Doodle, mm-hmm. This Land is Your Land. Uh, no, there's no business like show business. What's that? <laughs> of course. No business like oh, show yeah. business. Right, right. What's Hollywood more American? Oh, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll hear what's more American. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> God bless America and you're a grand old flag. Hmm. So are. great stuff there. Lots, lots of good music um, repeating throughout and uh, highlighting all of the floats. So the floats. <clears throat> floats. Mm, so yeah. I've, I've mentioned this parade is 30 minutes long. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of floating that, that happens in this parade. <laughs> a lot of floating. Okay. Uh, it starts with uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in their colonial gear. American. Set up on a drum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very American. Set up on a drum with a flag behind them and a giant eagle. An American flag, I hope? Uh, yes, it is okay. an American flag. Okay, good. Just good point. Does it have all fifty star or all fifty stars and thirteen stripes, or do you have to retire it at the end of the day? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. No. It's it's a stylized. It it's it's not quite a flag. It's all plaster and fiberglass. I'm sure. Okay. Um, so so if you recall um, on on our our episode uh, sizes, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mentioned that Mickey was six feet tall. Well, I'm sure he, now that I look at pictures, I understand he wasn't past your corrections. Um, <laughs> he didn't actually think the, that. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I know. But still, I, the point was, is he three feet tall or five feet tall? I don't know. Or six inches. Um, right. Because it's a mouse. Anyway, go ahead. There you go. Anyway. Um, it's big for a mouse. But call it two and a half inches. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Well, okay, it's the mouse standing on its on its hind leg. True, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Now, there's a difference between a mouse and a rat. Uh, right, right, it's right. The tail, right. I mean, yeah. and the size, <laughs> and the snout, like an alligator or a crocodile. Right. Mm. So, okay, do you measure this? So, is is the mouse standing and is he looking up, like <laughs> trying to yeah. trying to be the 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 most tallest mouse that they can be? Whisker to tail. What do you think? Five inches. <laughs> So the characters in this parade are eight feet tall. <laughs> eight Welcome, you listeners. Not Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, but okay. all the rest of the characters that were designed for this parade were designed to look like giant dolls. Hmm. So think kind of the style of of uh, it's a small world, but Ooh. exaggerated. Ooh. Wow. The, yeah, the idea is that everything, the floats and the characters in this parade are larger than life so that even adults can watch the parade from it, it, with the eyes of a child. Mm. So everything is huge, everything's exaggerated, and these giant-headed um, characters dressed in various historical garb um, stare out with their unblinking eyes and... Um, <laughs> And and wave to everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to look up pictures of this parade. It's, it's. Well, you don't have to. Just go on our Facebook group, <laughs> Supreme Resort. You can watch the video. True, we'll wow. post a few good videos. There, there, there are plenty of good ones out there with some pretty high quality stuff. Um, wasn't <laughs> it's great? Wasn't psychedelic use like pretty high at that time? In the late seventies? No, oh, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I guess this isn't the late 70s. This is the mid 70s. Mid 70s. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, they're ahead of their time. <laughs> or behind. I don't know. 
I think that's what we're, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, Just go. This, this is, yeah, that's not the point here. We'll edit anyway, all this out. Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course we will, says the editor. Um, <laughs> so, the, the, so these are the characters that are on the floats. That they apparently, uh, Disney spent a lot of time designing costumes for them. Um, really period type costumes with with you know really exaggerated colors so that they're vibrant looking from from the street but they really wanted to go for historical accuracy with with a lot of the costumes um and each of the in all there are about 140 i think characters um 100 140 150 wow and they they accompanied all of these floats so they they're of course garbed to look like they're with the, the period that we're describing with each float. So the floats themselves go through sort of phases early on. It's the, the, the cultural, I guess the, a little bit of history, but they're, they're more, more focusing on the, the development of culture of America. So uh, of course we start with Columbus sailing to America mm-hmm. and then pilgrims also mm-hmm. sailing to America. Um, we, the, the pilgrims have a giant Turkey float mm-hmm. that, illustrates that that's why we eat turkey because uh, they used to have giant turkeys <laughs> uh, we skip forward to ben F- franklin uh, flying a kite discovering electricity uh, betsy ross is in a a giant or like this giant chair uh, sewing a, a giant er flag mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know establishing the 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 colonial spirit of america the the revolutionary spirit of america um, then we kind of move forward into the expansion phase where we've got Tom Sawyer um, mm. on, a, on a raft. We have the Golden Spike being driven. Yeah. Um, right there in Utah. Sorry, I have a question about the Betsy Ross thing. Is she in like a comically large Rocking chair? chair. Like, it is a comically like, large. Like in comparison to her, chair. like is she like normal size and she's like that little She's eight feet character? tall. So she's oh. eight feet tall. Okay. And this is still a bigger chair and that flag like it's like an entire float so it's it's thin it's very tall it it probably goes up like 15 feet i don't know wow (laughs) it's big um so i should mention that that these these floats really are huge um especially at disneyland they didn't really they weren't able to navigate backstage very well (laughs) so they designed (laughs) the floats to to collapse Uh, so some of the floats fold over some of them telescope up and down. They had to design them so that they could collapse downward and then go backstage. Wow. Um, in addition, the parade, I understand, in the morning, well, in the afternoon, would come down the traditional parade route from Small World to the front of the park. Um, or if you're in Disney World from uh, you know Frontierland, that entrance yeah, there down to the, the front of the park. Yep. R- r- right, exactly. Um and then in the evening would turn around and go the opposite direction. Right. Cause they're stored back there. Right. Great. So huge, huge, huge floats. Um, let's see. So after we've gotten through, through history, we've gone into westward, west, westward expansion. Uh, we go into American culture. So we have American, mm-hmm. we have athletes playing American sports, so basketball, football, baseball, they're all represented. Sure. Um, they're still giant doll people, but they're just holding, you know, a basketball. Is, are the basketballs um, disproportionate to their size? I, it, 
from what I understand, yes, the basketball is a regular basketball and there's this giant character holding it. It's yeah. And you could still hear the music over the screaming of the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everybody's very excited. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, that kind of screaming. Okay. (laughs) The terror is all the children are, are crying. Just asking to go back onto it's a small world where things are normal. Right. Uh, we move past American sports. We go to American, uh, the the pinnacle of American culture. Hollywood. Ice cream. Oh. No, no, no. Mm, <laughs> Ice yeah. cream. Yeah. Popcorn. Yes. Uh, a giant Dagwood style stand- sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 20 foot tall sandwich. Uh, mm-hmm. With condiments, you know, Ooh. following behind, uh, we do we do eventually get to to Hollywood and such um, after the bizarre food floats. <laughs> Wait uh, a minute! So condiments are following behind, behind are the sandwich. Like, are they like dancing packets of mayonnaise and like with a top hat, <laughs> like a bottle of mustard? Yeah. Okay, well that yeah. okay, that's less weird. Oh yeah, is it packets? You'd be like, <laughs> hang on now. Yeah. <laughs> so so we end the parade with uh a little bit of that that tv in hollywood that's where we finally get disney characters back in through this whole thing it's just been these weird giant doll characters now we're back to winnie the pooh he's dancing in a tv um you know other american (laughs) style inventions like radio and things like that so uh, we do eventually get the disney characters back before Mm -hmm. everything is done the parade would end with a local marching band that would follow up and continue playing more patriotic music. Mm-hmm. Huh. And that is America on Parade. Wow. Well, very nice submission. That is incredibly so it, patriotic. So it's literally America on Parade. Like yeah. a, that's not just the name of the parade. It's like here is America. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches. <laughs> Dogwoods. Basketball. Giant, but giant, tiny Betsy Ross. <laughs> right. It's yeah, it's it's the development of America and it ends with, hey, this is what's important in America right now. Wow. TV. Yeah. TV and sandwiches. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> See you in I, your I mean, nightmares, everyone. <laughs> yeah, watch watch the recordings because it, it is a really the floats really are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um there that's that's what kind of drew me to this like wait a second they had a parade with with a sandwich (laughs) right Uh, they do um and they ran it twice a day for for over a year Mm -hmm. and um in the evening they would finish and they'd have their fireworks their bicentennial fireworks display very cool the special is on youtube and i know there's a lot of crossover with our listeners and red skeleton fans um, oh yeah. So we're, there's we're going to gain a lot of people. <laughs> there's promotion. more red skeleton in this than you would ever ask for. Mm-hmm. So I, well, I can ask for a lot, Dan. <laughs> well, you're going to get it. <laughs> oh, so that I I, I see your uh, American parade, and uh, I think I want to raise you the American adventure. Mm. The American adventure came out in. Uh, 1982, which was before American Journeys, correct, Dan? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay. All right, here we go. The American Adventure is the host pavilion of the World Showcase at Epcot, right? 
Uh, it's also the name of the colonial American themed pavilion's main attraction, the American Adventure. Uh, so it's an audio animatronic stage show of American history. It's located between the Italian and Japanese pavilions. The pavilion includes a quick service food location named Regal Eagle Smokehouse. It's a Muppet themed location focused on barbecue. American. Oh, that was company. No, yeah. <laughs> they really. Like, that was the Regal Beagle. I know, oh, right. But they had to have known that, and it was a dumb idea. And they also <laughs> missed an opportunity by not having Sam Eagle from America Sings, and they can be like at a barbecue competition. Ooh. I, oh, yeah. They missed it. They missed a chance. Uh, also, there's a merchandise location known as Heritage Manor, which as of February 2020, <laughs> it's closed <laughs> for renovation. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> that sounds way worse now. <laughs> it's close for other reasons now. Uh, it, will be, it will be merged with the uh, former Art of Disney store that was located in Future World as a part of Epcot's transformation. Okay. The pavilion is a single large building designed in the colonial style. Now, this is really cool because we all, we've talked about forced perspective, but they actually use forced perspective in reverse here. Because it's a five-story building, oh. but they tried to make it appear like it was two and a half stories. So, um, yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, so it's a because colonial buildings were never built really more than two, maybe three stories back in the day, and mm -hmm. so they had to take a five-story building and make it look like a two-story building. So, its main attraction, the American Adventure Show, the lobby is a square room actually, that has an oval-shaped area in the middle with a dome-shaped ceiling. The walls contain quotes from famous Americans, which include Walt Disney and Charles Lindbergh, and paintings of American life throughout history representing what America is all about. The Hall of Flags exhibit is, the, uh, is a display of the different flags throughout U.S. history that you see as you go upstairs to the theater. In the upstairs lobby, there are two more paintings of American life. In the theater, there are 12 statues, six on each side of the theater, that are spirits of America, American values personified. Okay. Now, here are the paintings. I'm just, I'm, I'm submitting that this is the most patriotic thing Disney's ever done. Okay. <clears throat> so, painting. A lesson from the future. A teacher giving a lesson to her students outside while men in the background build a schoolhouse. Painting, building a future together, construction workers building a skyscraper. Compassion knows no boundary, a doctor and nurse treating sick people in another country. Defending freedom, a factory making planes for the battlefields in World War II. Election day, townspeople gathered together to hear the election results. Giving thanks, family praying at a dinner table for their Thanksgiving meal. Promise of America, immigrants coming to America and see the Statue of Liberty. Reaching for the Stars, a depiction of the many things happening at NASA's space program. Seeds of Hope, the Native American teaching the Plymouth Pilgrims how to plant corn. Hey, Eric, where were your, where were your Native Americans in your pilgrim parade? <laughs> they, they, were, they were hanging out with the pilgrims. Oh, were they? Okay. Uh, you missed that part. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I forgot to, to mention the indigenous people that were also part of the, the first Thanksgiving float. There you go. Staying the course, two sailing ships out to sea, and finally, westward ho, several wagons crossing over a river, possibly the Mississippi. And now, here are the statues in the theater. Six on the left, six on the right. They are Adventure, which is a seaman, 
compassion, a lady doctor, huh? T- diversity. Uh, discovery is a mountain man. Freedom is a pilgrim. Heritage is a Native American woman, possibly Sacagawea. Independence, American revolutionary soldier. Individualism, a cowboy. Karen. <laughs> I'm going to speak to your manager if you interrupt me. <laughs> Innovation, African-American scientist, possibly George Washington Carver. Knowledge, school teacher. Pioneering, an early aviation pilot, possibly Charles Lindbergh. And self-reliance, a farmer. And finally, tomorrow, a mother and child. All right. So the attraction. Mm. Okay. The American Adventure takes guests on a trip through America's history. Everyone's normal size. It is narrated by audio animatronic figures of Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain, who lived almost 100 years apart, with the voices of Dallas McKinnon as Benjamin Franklin and John Anderson as Mark Twain. The show is presented in a theater-like auditorium with sets of sets and characters rising out from the stage floor to represent scenes from different historical periods. The characters provide insight into American life of the past through conversations in which they discuss current events of their time. Periods include the American Revolutionary War, the Civil War, the Centennial International Exhibition of 1876, uh, representing American in, in, uh, industrialization, and the Great Depression. The presentation culminates with a musical film montage representing famous moments and people in American history from post-World War II to the present. Now, sidebar, I want to talk about this. This is a wonderful show. It's incredibly powerful. And if you walk out of that thing not feeling like proud to be an American, then you're Canadian. Um, so, but there's this thing. So it's really detailed and the, the animatronics are awesome. The sets move and it's a, such a complex machine. And it is a a very good show. It's a powerful show. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's don't go see it. If you're on the international booze cruise in America halfway through wrong, (laughs) this is where you and I part ways on this. I Uh, feel like it should be on the international booze cruise, which by the way, needs to mm -hmm. be done on rascals. Yes. And you, you, you watch the full thing. Mm -hmm. And if anyone falls asleep, they have to take a bonus shot. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I can, I can get behind that. You're right, but it's the falling asleep part that's the challenge. I, it is nice right. and cool in there. It is and nice dark. and cool. It's um, it's it's everything that your your drunk mind wants to identify as nap time, and okay. you got to fight through it like our like our our ancestors. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We got to suffer like they did. You got to fight that um, battle. That's right. <laughs> we have important work to do as Americans. It's for freedom. That's right. <laughs> Drinking for freedom. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I want to talk about the montage. Before I do, uh, I want to talk about 1980 or excuse me, 93. The attraction uh, was updated with all new animatronics and a new version of the theme song in mid 2007. About 45 minutes of footage were added. 45 seconds of footage were added <laughs> to the end of the Golden Dreams montage. The first update, I, I guess it was 45 minutes if you've been drinking. <laughs> I, I want it to be 45 minutes of extra footage. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, Them just leading out Golden Dreams for another 45 uh, minutes. <laughs> slightly different like versions of the song over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, so um, they added about 45 seconds. The first updating of the montage since the 1993 renovation, uh, the most notable addition 
is the brief footage of New York's, uh, sorry, uh, in 2007, I said that. Uh, so they added the uh, New York City Police Department, New York City Fire Department, rescue crews after 9-11. Um, let's see. Yeah, so they added those things. The Golden Dream montage and theme song were updated in early 2018 to feature footage of more recent notable figures, including the Obamas, Mark Zuckerberg, Madonna, and Elon Musk, amongst others. Now, wonderful show, all the things we said. And then it feels like you take everything that happened from World War II, which effectively ended in 1945, right? 43, 45. Ish. Ish, right? And then it's 2020. <laughs> so we have- I don't see the problem. I don't, I don't know what you're- We have roughly that's 75. Nothing that's happened. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. And it's just, it's just like, it's like Gilligan's Island when the original theme song- where the professor and Marianne <laughs> and the rest, it's <laughs> like you know, the stuff that made America and then the rest. Yes. <laughs> the things happen. Then Mark yeah. Zuckerberg made a site to, you know, yeah. to, to be pervy about college freshmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, now anyway. we can share cat videos. Yes. Right. <laughs> and my political biases. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It, it kind of bothers me. It's a wonderful show. I love the song. Um, Golden Dreams, a wonderful song. That's anyway. But there are other songs, by the way. New World Bound by, by the way, lyrics by X Atencio and Randy Ooh. Bright. Music by Buddy Ooh. Baker. In the Days of 76, it's the traditional. Two Brothers, which is one of our favorites, Dan. Mm-hmm. And it you can also, great. yep, you can also hear that at the end uh, or in the Great Most Mr. Lincoln. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah but, this isn't in that, is it? No, I get it. Is. It. Yeah, it is. Is. it is. It is. Well, yeah. in the current, they changed it so many times, but they do a little mini version of this. How dare you? Sorry. Um, and then, of course, Golden Dreams. Now, the theme song for the American Adventure is Golden Dreams. And you can go ahead and add it in post. The music was written by Robert <laughs> Moline, and the lyrics were written by show producer Randy Bright. The song gets its biggest push at the end of the attraction during the montage sequence of Famous Americans. The song is also used in the finale of Disneyland's Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then also inside the uh, American Adventure is the Voices of Liberty. It's an eight-member a cappella group that hosts patriotic choral performances in the Pavilion Rotunda throughout the day. It is beautiful. Go listen to it. They publish the showtimes when they sing, and that, that room is perfect acoustics. It's wonderful to listen to. Uh, the group also performs in a year-round events, including the Candlelight Processional at, and special events, etc. And then there's the American Gardens Theater, which I won't spend a lot of time with. But what's interesting about the American Gardens Theater is that um, that when you see America, when you walk into Epcot and you see its its centerpiece thing. It's actually the back of the American Gardens Theater that you're looking at. And it was blended in with the tops of the five-story building. Isn't that cool? That's an interesting point. I don't think I've ever noticed that before because yeah, you don't you don't see a big amphitheater. Yeah, exactly. You just you see a, a, a themed old colonial building, and uh, most of that is the back of the 
thing. And uh, during the Food and Wine Festival, you, there's concerts there. The Eat to Eat to the Beat series, where mm-hmm. like you know Hanson plays. How much more Lover patriotic boy. can you get? Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, I Duran Duran in like 2016. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in April 2015, the American Music Machine acapella group began performing at the American Gardens mm-hmm. Theater. By the way, using music arranged by Glee's very own Tim Davis. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's seven things you probably didn't know about the American Adventure. I know this is going long, but I don't care because I love it. So I think I mentioned this already, but when the World Showcase was originally being designed, the United States Pavilion was originally going to be located between Future World and World Showcase. The two-story building would have hovered above the lagoon on stilts, serving as a gateway to World Showcase. The attraction itself would have been located in the upper floors. Of course, those plans changed dramatically, and the pavilion, which became known as the American Adventure after the attraction that is inside, was placed in the center of World Showcase. Now, many people, especially first-time guests, may not realize that when they enter World Showcase, they see the American adventure across the lagoon. They're not seeing the actual attraction building. Instead, they're seeing the back of the American Gardens Theater. Blah, blah, blah. I said that. And number three, traditionally, colonial buildings were... No, I already said it. Number four. <laughs> that was the one about the being five stories. Uh, how about some numbers, guys? The facade of the American Adventure Pavilion is made of 110,000 bricks, handmade from Georgia red clay, aged for an authentic look and feel. Its central rotunda is approximately 35 feet high, with its dome adding another 10 feet. The pavilion itself encompasses an expanse of 108,000 acre or square feet, excuse me, uh, nearly as large as two football fields. Uh, I talked about flags. We don't need to go into more detail about that. Um, Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain are your animatronic hosts for the show itself. And at the time, they were some of the most advanced audio animatronic figures ever created. Franklin and Twain do things that no other audio animatronic had ever done before, such as walking up a flight of stairs. Another major innovation to the characters was the sound system used for their voices. Instead of being projected through the uh, theater's sound system, Franklin's and Twain's voices are actually projected from inside the animatronic figures themselves. Yeah. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's really cool. It's like 100% all about America, American history. So it kind of does what America Sings does with, with history. It kind of does what the parade does by taking you through the history with less creepy um, giant uh, things. True. I don't, no, it's, no, I don't know no. if we're in the argument phase of this, but I know I'm just making statements. Okay. Well, I, I love this attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's, it's that rare thing that exists in the world that you can love. If you want to look at it through an ironic lens, you can appreciate it in that way. And if mm-hmm. you also want to appreciate it from like uh, just a pure technical, like this is, an amazing attraction like the nuts and bolts of this are amazing you got that it's can i I tell you that real quick just not (laughs) not to uh not to belabor the point because this has nothing to do with patriotism but yeah the imagineers when they decided the mechanism that could quickly and efficiently change the massive scenes without interrupting the flow of the show housed under the stage the mechanism weighs in an 
175 tons. It is 65 by 35 by 14 feet. It contains 10 sets and uses a combination of hydraulic supports and lifts to raise the sets in and out of place right on cue. This complex choreography is controlled by nearly 30 computers. Right. So you have that. You have all of that. And it's actually a good show. The narrative structure is good. The emotional content is there. Like you can you can approach this from so many different points of view or attitudes or whatever. And it's still a very, very, very effective piece of, uh, well, art, because that's where we're on our podcast. Um, However, I would argue that being in the America pavilion, it's kind of just a good representation of what an American pavilion could or should be at Epcot center. And it kind of, yeah, it's patriotic, but I think the fact that it's in the pavilion that it's in doesn't make it necessarily a patriotic gesture as much as it just makes it a really well-made attraction for its given place. Interesting. Mm. That's a fair, that's a fair argument. Yeah. I get your point. I'm I'm thinking the most patriotic thing Disney has ever done. Um, but yeah, I, I get your point. It's yeah, okay. It's just representing America well, not necessarily being patriotic. Yeah, and is it's what doing I mean it really well. I mean, if it, if it was an American pavilion and it wasn't presenting like some very positive view of America, it would just be like a giant McDonald's or something. Right. I, you know, like I don't know what else it would be. Uh, true, I mean, I guess maybe they didn't have to have an American pavilion, but <laughs> you know. Try, yeah. try that, you know, <laughs> try mm-hmm. um, which is why okay. American Journeys, the Circle Vision film um, is, and I'm not just saying this because it's probably my favorite Disney attraction ever. And I'm so sad that it's gone that I don't tell people that because it makes me very sad. So instead I go with Haunted Mansion. Um, it's a, a Circle Vision 360 film. Uh, basic idea there is you got nine cameras, they shoot things, they're in a circle, you build a theater that's in a circle with nine screens. There's more details there, but if you want to get started, that's how you get started. Um, There was a film there, this was in Tomorrowland at Disneyland, uh, and it was also in other parks, but I was very fond of the one at Disneyland because that's where I went. Uh, started as Circarama and they showed America the Beautiful, which was a nice idea. It shows off the technology. Uh, if I remember correctly, there's no like in your face, like like in Muppets 3D where they go 3D and they're like pointing at the camera and it's kind yeah. of, you know, they, they use the, there's there's not a lot of that, which mm-hmm. this kind of technology, like it, it, that's that makes it more fun. Uh, the first version feels like just an instructional video for jury duty to me. And it's <laughs> like a, it's a portrait of America, right? It, mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's, it's well done for what it is for the time. Um, and it starts uh, from the East of the country and goes West and back. It's very, very instructional from my viewing of it. However, it's like America- a video postcard. Yeah. And I think to be fair, I think that that's what they intended it to be. So it's, you know, I'm not really knocking the, the, the film as much as I am praising American journeys because this thing is awesome. Uh, it's uh, it was released in July, uh, July 4th, 1984. You know what else was happening in the area in 1984? Olympics. The Olympics. Right. 
I don't know that there's a connection, but for the sake of this, I'm going to say that there's a connection, right? Um, Whoa. Well, Pastoral corrections. Jimmy will do the work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it goes from New England to Hawaii. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily the most patriotic thing ever, but it is. And it's awesome. Okay. And it's a really, really well-made movie. Uh, and um, it features Royal Dano as Lincoln. Mm. When he not not like Royal Dan was like, hi, everybody, I'm Lincoln. It's uh, <laughs> they have a moment, a somber moment in the Lincoln Memorial where they have a a voiceover of Lincoln. And guess what? Royal Dano was Lincoln at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, which is right down the street. So it right. gives this this cool consistency. It creates a shared in park universe that we mm-hmm. can all kind of engage in fun fact you know i actually agree like legitimately agree that if you had a different voice portraying lincoln and it's royal dano's voice that is what lincoln sounds like right in my head because that's what i grew up with and he portrayed lincoln in in film too um and obviously nobody knows exactly what he sounded like if anybody holds a candle to it it is uh the guy who played lincoln in spielberg's movie wilford brimley yes um That's already old and I love it. Uh, <laughs> it also features a skier falling, which was repi- right. reprised in Soaring Over California. That's right. Right? And yep. you could you could just walk right up to the screen that you knew that the skier was going to fall on and you could taunt that skier because it was of not very popular attraction. Right. Um, <laughs> but it You're was... Right, right. And they, they actually made use of the nine screens really well. There's a moment where they have a, I want to say bluegrass, but probably wrong band playing. Mm-hmm. And it goes to a shot where it shows like each in- instrumentalist on right. each on each uh, screen. And they ran out of, they had too much space. So what's in one of them? The dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fallen soldier of the Pressler era because it was replaced by the rocket rods uh not open anymore uh and it was uh it was shown in tokyo disneyland from (laughs) may 1986 to august 31st 1992 so this patriotism was not just shared with us it was shared with the world yeah it's true and the music is stirring and wonderful and beautiful. And I, I am not being at all ironic here. I love this thing. It was, uh, composed by a oh, certain played on a band organ. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it sounded like this for 30 minutes. <laughs> um, no, it was composed by Basil Polidorus. Mm-hmm. who I'm sure you all know when you hear that name, you're like, oh, of course, the guy that did the soundtrack to Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music to American Journeys, everyone, if you're, if you're very fond of this as well as I am, get ready for some feels. Oh, I miss the show so much. It's, this is, if you had told me that this is like an actual, like, American anthem that was adapted for this film, I'd be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. it's it is just it's just a beautifully well constructed piece of thing. Like it's mm-hmm. 
it's it's yeah you don't have your big showy you know betsy ross or you know Bigfoot betsy dancing, ross holding a basketball. right or like a little tap dancing gravy or anything like that but <laughs> this is is it such a it is you can you can feel the the love in in the making of this and it was also when they updated it's essentially an update from america the beautiful america the beautiful was very very whitewashed um and it this one american journeys they tried they 1984 tried but they tried right and yeah i don't know if i said it goes from new link new england to hawaii you did. Yep. It's good. It's hot. It's a good show. I miss it. And um, it's hard to see on YouTube, but it, it still kind of gets you an idea, right? Yeah. Well, if you've seen it before, it gets you enough there. But mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it before, just I'm sorry. It's like Horizons. You just, yeah. it, it's, it's an experience that you don't have access to anymore. But, Did you choose the ending you wanted on? Uh, yes. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. Um, but America the Beautiful, there is actually a not too bad representation of it on YouTube. And it's not, it's not, I, mean, I don't want to give the impression that I think it's awful. It's just kind of like, okay, we get it. it it's, it's more about the tech than it is about the movie. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, the America the Beautiful is played on spectral radio a lot, mm. the whole show. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's in my mind what I see because it's the last thing they showed, like we talked about right. earlier. Right. Um, but then when you play that music, like, oh my God, that's so much better. Right. And Such remember the white, white water rafting? Yes. Remember the rodeo? Yes, I do. Remember have a, have a supai falls? I do. Yeah. And Carlsbad yeah. Cavern. You're just gonna, yeah. You're just going to keep rubbing it in that I've never seen this movie. Oh, oh. sorry. Have a supai. That's right. It, it, yeah. Oh man. I, I, I I have this feeling about Horizons that like it was this wonderful like perfect thing that like I I just didn't have access to and I never will because it's this fleeting memory and like yeah you can see representation of it a little bit in video form but like you can just tell by watching it that like that's not at all close to what it must have been like I feel like this is Disneyland's version of that because it's just the, the format you can't re represent it in on YouTube form. Right. And it used the format so well. And like they, they took it very seriously as a movie. You can mm-hmm. just tell by watching it. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, all right. So before we conclude what we think is among the most patriotic things Disney's ever done, here are some runners up. We talked about some of them already. The hall of presidents, right? Mm-hmm. Any comments? Uh, not that I. But not, not nothing appropriate. Me. Okay. Yep, not great moments me. with Mr. Lincoln. Hmm. Uh, I think it'd be great if if you could get a haircut. <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> uh, Eric, did you ever how see that version? That, no, I was gonna, I was just about to ask how long did that version run? We can have. Okay, that's that's pretty great. I mean. It's nice that they can continue to update that show, whereas Hall of Presidents, they do update it um, yeah. every every new president. And Blaine Gibson's like personal like trainee, mm-hmm. his, his mentee, um, it continues to sculpt them That's true. as he, he sculpted all of the originals. You know, another thing I like about the continuity, especially when it was the haircutting part of Lincoln, is that they were animatronics. <laughs> 
that was it animatronics that are on the stage when he's cutting your hair? No, no, that's no, in that's was, American Adventure. It, it was but, full on just ASMR. Right. You're wearing right. headphones, and I this we don't master this in stereo, so it's it's like a, it's like you must live. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's, it's yeah, just right. It's it's live. basically like it's it's just it's. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but it was totally just like. Okay. Hey, come on in. Welcome. Welcome. I, I'm going to, Oh, that's just, I'm, we're just, I'm just carving a statue. Don't mind me. I'm Matthew Brady. I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'll be done. I'll be, you just have a seat over there. Uh, Hold on. (laughs) So it's, it's nowhere near as dynamic as it sounds dangerous at MGM. Yeah, for sure. I stuff down on my table here (laughs) and okay. I got this tape. Yeah, we're gonna. I, I'll be right with you. I just need to put up this poster with tape. My tape thing isn't. You get the point. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got it about uh, ninety seconds ago. Okay, so um, <laughs> the Matthew Brady, the continuity, Matthew Brady, the family, American Adventure, a Lincoln. Just I like that it's all sort of you know the same family in the picture, the two brothers, and then they made them animatronics in the American Adventure. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. The Super Bowl halftime show of 2000, they did the Millennium oh, uh, Celebration at Epcot. Mm-hmm. That that show, the pre, uh, the I guess yeah. it's the prequel to the thing that Jeremy loves. Um, but I guess the reason I think that's the most patriotic is because you know half bowl, halftime Super Bowl that's patriotic. Yeah. Uh, the electrical water pageant. We talked about hold that. On. There's a wait. Hold on. Who was oh. featured in that? like what me just oh yeah phil collins was featured yeah. in that mm-hmm. how much more american is that no burn it burn it to the ground <laughs> phil collins Edward james almost was in it too so mm-hmm. yep Does, isn't that redeeming absolutely no. nothing saves it nothing saves anything from <laughs> phil collins not zero uh tarzan haven't seen uh, it oh, because phil collins did the music yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not joking. I, I loathe that man. Mm. Okay. Um, so the electrical water pageant has a tribute to America towards the end. Uh, it used to have a tribute at the Main Street Electrical Parade, right? To honor America, and then right. Flip. Well, yeah. I mean, you're right. It was in the electrical parade, but I was just now reminded that that was what they would say before the firework finale. Like they had a they oh, had a float they, they right. had a thing that people were carrying that said to honor America you know but but then they would always would do the fireworks show and it was you know it was fun it was before they had you know fireworks shows that were all you know multimedia yeah. spectaculars right. um, and not to be negative about those I just I'm not a fan of fireworks in general um, but. <laughs> but then uh and then it would always be and now to honor america yeah. <laughs> this is so tacked on is fantastic that's a good point but uh that was an example of patriotism the the flag right. ceremony we talked about that's incredibly patriotic and arguably maybe the most patriotic um, <laughs> i think it probably is <laughs> so uh, we didn't spend any time on that <laughs> so I spent a little time with Lynn. That's true, but but yeah, you're right. It is on both coasts. Yep. Yep. It's probably at all of the parks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they bring in actual veterans. Exactly. 
if yep. not that that stirring reading that's now recorded, but you know, yep. Um, yep. wasn't always. So I, I want to read this to you. I sent this to you and stop me if you think it's not going to work, but um, I Googled the most patriotic things Disney has ever done. <laughs> and Disney tourist blog has a, has a blog, Tom Bricker. And these are the 10 in order, bottom to top, the 10 most patriotic wow. things Disney's ever done. You ready? Oh, yeah. This is a fun list. <clears throat> so thing number one, number 10, excuse me, dinosaur. What, what represents America more than the sense of rugged individuality required to be insubordinate to your boss and put a group of tourists in harm's way because he knows <laughs> acquiring dinosaurs is the right thing to do? Perhaps wow. Dr. Seeker is the hero America deserves, but not one it needs right now. <laughs> because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dinosaur-seeking knight. Seriously, though, how can you have a list of Patriots uh, attractions without dinosaur? <laughs> Some dinosaur action. Wow. And then he put Terminator 2 3D. So this guy either doesn't know what he's talking about or he's rolling in Fox properties. Not even going to read it. Uh, Muppet Vision 3D. There's the obvious here, which is the finale, but... Before you even get to that, I think the Muppet Vision ranks highly as a masterpiece by American icon Jim Henson. Beyond that, the show features the innocent yet uh, satirical and subversive humor of the Muppets, which has helped shape America's comedic sensibilities. It's reasonable. Finally, if there's going to be a judgment day, I foresee civilization as we know it being sent off in style as Sam Eagle finally gets to perform his glorious three-hour finale. Would that really be such a bad way to go? Sorry, I might have just watched Terminator this morning. (laughs) Is it just me? Should I stop reading? Because I think this is hilarious. Oh, no, you can keep going. I just turned okay. my microphone off because I desperately needed to turn my fans on for a moment. Okay. No problem. <laughs> All right. So number seven, Mission Space. Despite it being a massively uh, squandered opportunity, Mission Space makes uh, the list because I can think of nothing that embodies the American spirit more than exploration. Unfortunately, this attraction almost completely fails to capture the sense of awe, wonder, intrigue, and endless supply of superlatives that NASA and the space program entails and instead offers an experience that is mostly an exercise in button pushing and cheap thrills. Perhaps there's a, go ahead. No, I finish. No, I was, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Your turn. I was just going to point out like, yeah, that that's an interesting point that I I mean, I've only been on it a few times because once you've done the attraction, there's not a whole lot of reason to go back, which is why there's never any line, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it is kind of, small on grandeur you get the you get the experience of moving yeah um and of looking at a tiny screen that's true it is really fun it is really fun though writing it hungover because it gives you a real Mm -hmm. good idea of just exactly what kind of hangover you're in for that's Um, right but going back to uh button pushing and cheap thrills i mean Mm -hmm. if we combine that with the thesis of including dinosaur i mean Mm -hmm. what's there's nothing there's not a lot more american than that yeah that's true um okay then number six is tower of terror you might think this is sarcastic but hear me out there are a few definitive fourth of july experiences that remind me of the holiday grilling on lake michigan 
dangerously lighting off Roman candles with my grandpa and watching the Twilight Zone marathon on the sci-fi channel. So, <laughs> so because he has this very mm-hmm. subjective memory. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean I, apparently I grew up in the same vicinity. Well, I guess Lake Michigan's a big lake. He could have been from anywhere on Lake Michigan, but I don't recall ever watching Twilight Zone on on the fourth. Did, did you know Tom Verker? <laughs> uh, well, I assume because we grew up on the same lake. But you all know each other. Um, yeah. Okay, then his next uh, submission is living with the land. There's nothing inherently American or patriotic about gardening, but I think living with the land still demonstrates the same forward-thinking vision that makes us proud to be Americans. From the quotes in the queue to the the growing techniques on display, the attraction is a slice of the original Epcot Center and the inquisitive spirit of America. I know the amount of substantive research being done at Epcot is uh, diminishing, but hearing about the work of the scientists in the land in conjunction with NASA, the U S department of agriculture is a glimmer that inspirational spark of the park once held. It's also a strong reminder of the of the best of what it means to be an American. Giant lemons. (laughs) Yes. And everything shaped like Mickey. Um, Okay. So then carousel. Yeah. Well, the tilapia does. It's shaped like Mickey. Um, Yeah, there's a, there's it, it's getting like worse every time I go on that ride. Everything's shaped like Mickey: pumpkins, lettuce <laughs> patches, like it's hidden Mickey's everywhere. Uh, number four, the Carousel of Progress. Beyond the cynical, jaded viewer, or excuse me, beyond the cynical, jaded veneer, there's an optimist in me somewhere. The ca- Carousel of Progress speaks to that optimism and gives me hope about the promise of a brighter tomorrow, not because it features anything resembling futurism, uh, except the poltergeist. Uh, uh, but that was me, Dan. Poltergeist. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, you were laughing, but your My fan. fans are on, but yeah. I did laugh. <laughs> but uh, because it highlights the evolution of society and what prior generations have produced, even as they face their own challenges and how the lives of ordinary Americans changed for the better. While the American adventure showcase the trials and tribulations we as people have faced and overcome, for me, this is the everyday uh, analog of that. Carousel of Progress is a reminder that even in times that otherwise seem bleak, there is always a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And then he says, in event, in event, excuse me, Illuminations is number three. Sorry. I feel like, and I am melting here, but I feel like it's only fair that we actually explain the, pol- the poltergeist thing. Yeah, go ahead. So you came up Jimmy with and I were, melt. <laughs> Jimmy and I were watching, we were watching uh great, big, beautiful tomorrow, the ride. And um, you, it just occurred to, I just start laughing and it occurs to me that like at no point is anyone touching these appliances. They just like turn on and like doors just open and that's never explained at all in the show. And the, the yeah. an explanation that is actually really solid. And if you watch the show with this in mind yeah. is that they live with a health, a helpful poltergeist <laughs> who just yeah. is trying to help them with the show. And they're like, Oh, you're talking about the oven here. Let me open the oven. for you." Yeah. <laughs> and he plays wacky music to go yeah. along with it. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it is fun. Watch next time you're watching Carousel of Progress. Just imagine they have a friendly family (laughs) poltergeist, (laughs) and it makes it a lot of fun. And the poltergeist is the one that chopped off uh, John's hand. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then Illuminations talks about that. What's more American than giant explosions and the heartbeat of America and whatever. Number two, he argues, is the Hall of Presidents. And number one, most patriotic thing Disney has ever done, the American Adventure. Mic drop. So that's it, everybody. What do we think? What Do we just settle and say the flag ceremony and just ignore you know, I, Disney I, the lot of Ignore the, the last hour and a half of us talking? Yep. <laughs> I think probably my take on that is uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about things. Mm -hmm. And uh, those of you who have joined us for the first time, uh, welcome. And And yeah, it's the flag ceremony. (laughs) Yeah, flag ceremony it is. I think that that, that's it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And legitimately, none of us thought of that. Well, my wife what, did. What a, what a journey we've been on. My wife thought of it. That's why I had to write it down. She's like, you got to do the flag ceremony. What's more patriotic oh. than that? I'm like, oh, crap. I did all this research. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's bonus. It's bonus content, right? Yeah. Here's what I like about – well, I'll talk about that when we stop recording. But um, I think <laughs> 4th of July 2020 is a very appropriate time to release this episode because it's the last year that America is a country. So <laughs> – <laughs> how fitting um all right guys so Seriously, wanna, get involved <laughs> yeah, yeah right um, educate yourselves getting involved, yes <laughs> so we will still have an episode released tomorrow july 5th it is another mm-hmm. cash grab pocahontas 2 what's more patriotic than that oh wait <laughs> uh yeah cut that out um uh, but I do oh, want to thank our Jimmy. What, what? I I believe you called it by the name of a podcast, a different podcast. It's never oh, been called that. I it's, don't even know what I said because the podcast right. I'm talking about is Scraping the Vault. Right. Yes, yeah. Scraping the Vault. Pocahontas Two. Electric. Okay, so I want to acknowledge our partners, uh, concierge being the chief among them. Uh, concierge is a one-stop shop for your va- vacation planning, Disney, Universal, Gator World. And um, <laughs> if you need help, that, that's a confusing time right now. Parks aren't quite open yet, but they're opening. And you've heard you know, on bumpers and other shows, kind of, we'll give you the latest and greatest that we know. I will be boots on the ground reporting from downtown Disney on July 9th, should it continue to open. Uh, I will be socially distanced. I probably won't go into stores, but I will be answering Jason, Eric, and Dan's live questions, and you'll hear that on July 9th. Um, So book your trip with concierge. It is free to you. They know what's going on. If you have any questions, they can help you, uh, and it, again, doesn't cost you any extra. So the the park reservation system is it's complicated, and uh, not everybody can get all the things when they want the things. So they will have the latest for you. So please contact concierge at Eric. What's the number? (laughs) 1-800-Flowers. 1-800-Your-Ears. Oh, is it? No, it's not 1-800. Dang it. (laughs) It's uh, 856-Our-Ears. Oh, dang it. I knew it was somebody's ears. Um, Okay. And then we have uh, other shows like Scraping the Vault, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. Uh, Never called anything else. That's right. You've got uh, ears up, ears up in depth. Uh, you've got banter, Beskar and Bantha Milk, Star Wars podcast. Uh, you've got this show, which is the Supreme Resort, 
And we would love it if you would get in contact with us. You can reach Eric at ejohnson at concierge.com. Make sure to follow Jeremy at spectro underscore radio for both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and then you can reach out to Lynn at the sweep spot at gmail.com. Me, Jimmy at ears up hyphen podcast.com. Dan at ears up hyphen podcast.com. Oh, wrong show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> show suggestions go to Eric at. <laughs> Wait no, a minute. Show hey, hey. So show suggestions go to Terrence. <laughs> yeah, so show suggestions go to Terrence at ears up hyphen podcast.com. That's T E R R E N C E. If you want to no. say hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you can email Bev. Um, that's all I got, guys. Oh, by the way, for those of you listening for the first time. Sorry. Uh, Ears Up is a podcast about Disneyland, and we are affiliated with them. So go ahead and check them out as well. They have uh, they started in 2013, so they got a lot of content. But uh, I think that's it, guys. I got nothing else. Anything? Google. Hey, Google, turn my fans on. <laughs> I'm done. You should tell you should tell <laughs> your your podcast that you're done recording. Oh, okay, yeah. Hey Google. Hey Google. I'm done recording. Sorry, I don't understand. People are listening right now, Google. Hey Google. Google's I'm done recording. Him. What the hell, Google? <laughs> this is awesome. You gotta keep it in. Hey, Google. You are an embarrassment. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. Yeah, that's, yep, and that's exactly. the problem, Google. Okay, well. All hey, right, Google. everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, Be Google. good to each other. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you I'm next time. Bye, everybody. Have a great 4th. Happy 4th of July. Google, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving all that in. Yeah. Google, <laughs> I'm done recording. Okay, thanks for the feedback. Hey, Google, <laughs> I'm finished recording. Sorry, I didn't understand. Google, we need to have a talk.